Go ahead, Larry. I'm not even excited to start it. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Under the Canopy. It's your boy, Larry Lynch, <laughs> out here dropping uh, that sick marketing heat. <laughs> How you doing today, fellas? We got John Aiken in the building. We got my man Tim Where's the Burgers Zuggers, and he's here to drop some knowledge, and let's go. I feel a little uncomfortable. I feel slightly violated. I'm a little triggered. I am a little triggered. Because of me trying to bring a little excitement to the podcast? It's been a Is long that... day, and it's like it's like 4 o'clock. Okay. Oof. Yeah. Let's it do is it. 4 o'clock. Let's do it. <laughs> How are you guys let's... feeling? I'm tired. I just... Let, let's get comfortable. I'm we, excited. Like, I'm young. Big breath. <laughs> I'm vital. I'm ready yeah. to go. I'm actually fine. I'm young. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got energy for days. Tim's a spry, youthful 13-year-old. What is it? 14th birthday coming up? Yeah. 13 and a half. My half birthday's next week. You're growing. Man. I think I, right I before think I'm still growing. Are you really? I Yeah. When I went home last week, standing next to my friends, they're all just looking up at me like, you got taller. I thought you were going to say like you had like the height Yeah, his mom mom's made him do a... Like, oh, okay, Timmy, Tim. you're only home a couple, couple weeks a year. You got to get your measurements in. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> she did, didn't she? No. No, we never had that. We never did that. You never did a height yeah, chart. So you don't know how tall you are then? The doctor tells me how tall I am. What? Lies. It's true. Shout out your doctor. I don't have one anymore. I'm I sure. don't either. <laughs> Oof. All right. Not after that. All right. <laughs> Shout out your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Um, I know John's tired. No, Tim, I'm, Tim, I'm waking I'm back up. I'm feeling better. All right. I'm feeling jazzed. Ready to talk some marketing. Yeah. So uh, we have a cool uh, kind of topic today. Tim, Tim loves it. It's uh, conversion rate optimization. Whoa, um, there's some big words, Larry. I know. It, all right, I'm going to be totally transparent. That was my third time having to take this because I kept stumbling over it. So yeah. uh, I do deserve a cookie. You're you're pretty good with the vocab lately. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you, yeah. But I only He's, do it to like try to sound smarter than I really am. Yeah. He's good with his lexicon. Whoa, Ooh. this chump. What is that? <laughs> It's like word choice and language. Is it? Yeah. Look at this. I can move the mic. Raquel used that word. I mean, my, my first day and I was like, lexicon. Yeah. Oh no. Then you were like, is this a bad job? Yeah, she was peacocking like, she welcome, is. welcome. Yeah. Oh, I love if Raquel. You can't. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm going to get into the first question, guys. Um, how to, how about we start with what is conversion rate optimization? I was going to say, we should start with explaining what conversion rate optimization is. How about that? I like that. Great. Tim has some thoughts. Well. So on your website, like, let's just say the most basic, like, two tips, three tips that you would put on your website to make sure you are getting the most out of that and trying to convert as many people on your website. Yeah. So I can, I'll, I'll talk to that a little bit. So, like, when you build a website, most of the time, at, at the very best possible scenario when you launch a website is that everything you're doing is an educated guess that you you can't truly know how things are going to perform until after you can launch it and after you can test it to see what's happening on the website and so um, conversion rate optimization is about looking at the performance of your website and making some minor some major changes that are going to mess with the conversion or how people fill out forms and become leads or subscribers or customers on your website. And you can do that through different things with copy. You can do that through images, with user flow, with page layout, 
um, and a lot of different features. So that's that's what we mean by conversion rate optimization. Totally. Um, that kind of leads right into this next question. Um, so it, the question is, what's the fastest way to increase conversion rates? Um, let's just say if, like you said, it is about studying the data and kind of like shifting from what you see. But if you're doing a website from scratch, what are those go-tos that get you started uh, to start seeing them right out of the gate? You want me to take this? I'll take this, Tim. Yeah. I'll start here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out to my friends at Lucky Orange on this one because I think that's uh, a really fantastic tool. Um, it's heat mapping. It's tracking how people are using a website. You can, you can run a heat map test to track um, how much time or how, how much of a page people are, are viewing. So, for example, if we look at a heat map of a homepage and we notice that um, uh, 50% of the people exit the page above the fold, which means the fold is considered like when you start scrolling on your screen. So if 50% of the people are exiting the page, that means they either absolutely love what it is that they see on that, that homepage that they click on something right away. More often than not is not the case. Right. And you can tell by tracking to see if they actually do click and go to another page. Um, but it usually means they don't have a correlation with what they see on the page. It means that they don't find it appealing to them or they don't feel like they're being called to go any further. We call that a bounce. So they'll bounce right away. So you'll see websites with high bounce rates. And that's what that means is that they're on a website. They click the back button right away. It's not, not for them or they click the X on, on the browser. And so um, if you start to scroll some things that might, might fix that, number one, you simply just need to change your hero statement, the top mm-hmm. of the page. That's, that's a perfect opportunity to, to fix that. The, the other thing would be as you scroll and you have a page that has no conversions and 50% of the people are leaving before they even see a button, before they even see a call to action or a CTA. So then you start to ask, what happens if we move that call to action up above the fold? What happens if they can start seeing exactly what it is we want them to click on when they're on the page? Can we start to increase that conversion rate from 0% to even just half a percent or 1%? Mm-hmm. Chances are yes. So it's almost like the, the advice here is, it's a pretty good guess that when you're building a site from the sound, ground up, you should have a place to convert above the fold. Is that kind of what we're getting at here? Not necessarily. You don't think so? No, I mean, yeah, probably a, a good portion, but it depends on like the story that the website's supposed to be telling. Can we back up even further? What would you consider a conversion? Is it just clicking uh, to a certain page on your site? Um you know, we've we've had some people that that counts as a conversion. If they read this certain information, that means they got to a certain place. That's a conversion in their mind. Yeah. Some is filling out a form all the way. Some is uh, uh, clicking the subscribe button for their blog. Um, what do you guys have to say about that? Or did I kind of just... No, you're good. I mean, not, for me, I would consider conversion when they fill out a form and give us some, kind of <laughs> love, some level of their contact information, at least their email address. Because um, one of the things we see way too often with new clients, especially um, people that we're, we're building websites for, that's, that's just very common, is to not have any top of funnel conversion opportunities. It's basically like their choices are to talk to sales or to leave, right? Mm. There's no way to like download something that maybe for more information or maybe like there's no other opportunities for that company or that website to get um, that, that leads information other than talking directly to sales. And most of the time people are not ready. They're not even close to ready to talk into sales. So they're going to bounce. 
And that's like, that's kind of the, the worst case scenario. So I think one of the things we need to do is make sure there's an opportunity to convert that's top of funnel. That's like based, usually um, done with premium content, you know, like a checklist or an ebook or a one-on-one type guide um, that's going to want make people want more information that they're willing to give you their first name, last name, email address for. Um, and that way you're capturing people's leads and that you can turn into like nurturing opportunities. Um, Cause John took it right out of my, uh, the words out of my mouth with lucky orange. Cause it's like, we want to know how people are, are interacting with your site now. And maybe a lot of times people are looking for something. One of the things we see all the time is they're, they're clicking on an image that they think is a link. That's not. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And like, or are they clicking somewhere on the site that they think is clickable that it's not. But like, what is that telling you? They, people want whatever that is. Like, let's turn that into something clickable. Let's make that a, a CTA or a download or a form or something that's going to get them to interact with it because they're clearly they, they they think it's something that they want. Um, and just understanding how people interact with your site is is critical before you make any big decisions. Right? Yeah, and I think and Lucky Orange is a great tool. They have a free version, which is really awesome, or a free trial, so everybody can try it. The other thing that I would say about that is that's just one kind of test that you can use with Lucky Orange is like a, a heat map of, we'd call that a scroll map that's going to look at how far down a specific person is looking through that. Then you have the heat, the click map. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the mouse over map and the click map obviously is like what people are clicking on and, and it looks like a weather radar map. So it's like a high storms are coming. storm is, <laughs> is an area of high uh, click. There's the mouse over map as well, which is it's literally literally tracking the user's mouse movement. Yeah, um, it's hard to do on mobile, but on on a, a desktop or a laptop, people typically will follow what they're reading with their eyes. So you can start to see where they're spending time. I know I do it all the time. I'm yeah, like, I'll highlight. Things is that the same as the eye tracking then too, or is that a, a they don't have eye tracking? No. But generally, like your mouse. I thought that was like okay. So like, but commonly, at least I've heard like the mouse tracking is like where your eyes are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, People follow it as they read and move the mouse where they're looking. But they do other things. Like we use them for polls to put up polls on a website. So if we again the assumption for conversion rate optimization, you're thinking, I think I know what this website needs. But if you don't do any kind of voice of customer research you're only using your knowledge in a very closed like source of information. So we, we want to do things like polls and surveys and a lot of other voice of customer interviews and things like that. But you can use the polls feature, poll, P-O-L-L, I have an Indian accent. You can use the <laughs> polls feature to track um, or to have like a, a poll pop up and ask a question to the users that are there. And most of the time, the best questions to get the biggest response are multiple choice answers. Would you rather A, B, or C? Or are you here because of A, B, or C? Do you recommend a certain uh, amount of questions or type one, of question? One question. One question at a time. Yeah. So you get a good... Uh, I'm sorry. I should rephrase. Amount uh, of answer options, not questions. What do we do? Four or five. Four or five. Yeah. Usually there's four. And maybe if it, if it calls for it, there can be an other or something. Can you suggest maybe some really you know well-engaged ones that you've we've used on maybe clients of ours? Like ones I that... Mean, it, a lot of the the engagement depends on what your traffic is. Like we've had we've had polls with with as little as twenty two answers. We've had polls with three thousand answers, and probably everything in between. Most are probably going to be in between. Um, but question that, like John said, with multiple choice answers, there's not a lot of thinking, and usually it's just around like what understanding what they're visiting your site for, what they're looking for. So it's like um, what's most important to you in a solution, in whatever that solution is, whether it's like quick turnaround time, um, quality 
sources of the product or like customer service, whatever that is. I mean, it depends on the industry and, and that product, but um, that one always tends to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a double whammy too, because it, it helps with building the site and finding where people are converting, but it also helps build buyer personas as well, right? That's kind of a big part of our process here mm-hmm. when we're building buyer personas, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Understanding what like your specific buyer is after um, and we can even who turn knows that, better than them, right? Than them, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we can even turn that into questions that we ask later in forms mm. to gather more information. And so we'll do that. Like you know, I would best describe myself as when someone's downloading something, and that's it's helping us segment the audience. Yes, but it's also able we can look at it and be like, all right, twenty nine percent of the people that download this are industry A, only five percent are industry B, and then the rest of the people are the big one. Uh, industry C. So one, one thing yeah. I'd add on to the polls too, a lot of times with clients that kind of say like, oh, we, we have this question, but we, we we already know the answer though. And like, and a lot of times we get surprised where it's like, oh, yeah. oh you think choice A is going to win, but actually choice <laughs> choice C um, I think you get higher. surprised a lot of the times with yeah. you know, people and don't even think if, that. Even if you're proven right, that's still a good exercise like, yeah. to validate your, like, what, you're, what you're thinking is because it's like, I mean, it's, it's driven by data now. It's not just speculation or, or like, you know, just uh, a general understanding of what your audience wants. It's like, hey, now, now we have enough yeah. to back it up. That's still a fruitful exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So two things that, you know, great tips, I think, are heat maps for sure. Like, mm-hmm. it's free, right? Anyone can just hop on and add that to their current site. And that's probably the fastest way to get started with optimizing. Yes. Absolutely. Another one I want to back up on is what Tim said about a great transitional offer. Um, maybe talk about some scenarios you guys have seen of where people are maybe asking too much and maybe that's why they're not converting. Um, yeah. Tim, again, and maybe we're just backing up because Tim already kind of nailed it, but where people just want to have like a sales conversation right away and the only CTA on their site is contact us. Whereas if they had something a little more um, top of funnel, they probably could have, you know, gained a new follower or an email subscriber, right? Yep. Yeah. So like, well, that's, that's a big opportunity for conversion rate optimization is just looking at the form itself. So somebody has transitional, uh, premium content, like a, a downloadable ebook or a guide or something. Uh, a lot of the times when that already exists and they're not getting people to download it, there's a number of things with that page that need to be evaluated. Oftentimes the form isn't asking the right information. People get turned away by too many questions. So if we have too many questions, it's very, very hard for someone to want to just give away their contact information. That's always like a quick gimme where they're asking like address and phone number right. and company and t- job title. It's like, mm, yeah, I don't want to do 10 that. Fields, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. You have first name, last name, email to get to I think that's to to such a me. great point. And, yeah. and uh, I think we've even said it on previous podcasts, but you can get that information later. If you have a big back catalog of content that you can be giving away to people Next time, only ask their, you know, their company name. Yeah. Next time you ask their website, like you don't have to get it all that first time. If if they're going to be a long-term customer, which you should, it should be your goal, then you'll get that information. Yeah. And let's use progressive form. So if you're using HubSpot, make a field that changes based off the information you've already collected. We were just, I just did this the other day for uh, the, the playbook bundle that we had and I changed the yeah. form. So I asked four questions and that's it. And then if I already know those four questions, two of them are going to switch out for two new questions. Wait, what? Is that a new thing? You've never done this. No. Let's talk about it for a second. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really cool. So um, a great example was we just did it for, I, I guess we won't say a client's name, but um, 
his thing was he we're, we're sending these emails out again, right? Yeah. To people who are already a contact. Should they just get the form right away or just get the content right away? So right. that's how like, the conversation started. Yeah. Right. Which let's, I, John always has a great answer to this that I'll, I'll kind of defer to before I finish my story, but it's like making them say yes again. Right. Yeah. Micro conversions. Yeah. Yep. Little by little. So yes, they should be converting again, but HubSpot has a great feature called progressive, progressive fields, progressive fields. That's yeah. okay. And you can, let's say the first time is just name, last name, email. Mm-hmm. Then the next time you can set it so that. I think email is always required. Is it? It has to be there. I'm fairly certain. Okay, maybe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. I Otherwise, don't, the, I don't even think you have to. The email is the core of the contact record. Okay. It's very hard to do anything without that. Sure. Regardless, though, you can. I may be wrong, but I think that's right. I mean, it's the same theory either way, which is great. So yeah, you can get rid of two of those questions now. Let's say if you have mm-hmm. to keep email and you can get a new thing. Maybe it's buyer persona. That's what we did for this particular client. Um, they sell to two types of people, um, you know, man A and then woman B. And what a great opportunity to get more information about this person instead of just having them write their name in again, you can have them do a drop down that says, I am a guy who buys hats. And then the other option is I'm a girl who buys skirts. <laughs> the worst example. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Those are great. I love it. So I want to give another, uh, I'll give you a real world example. I'll, please I'll do. The ones that I did. <laughs> yeah. So the, the form, don't unsubscribe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Larry, you're all right. You'll get them next time. Keep it up. I came in so hot and then just fell right <laughs> on my face. No, it sounds great. Keep, we'll keep that on the podcast. Okay. Now, first name, last name, email are the, the required fields for our, we just have this playbook bundle. It's awesome. It's on our website. You guys should check it out. It's four different playbooks, website development, sales, uh, playbook, an SEO strategy playbook, and a lead generation playbook. Yep. And so um, the, the the fields that we ask are first name, last name, and email. And then we have two progressive fields: website URL, so we can collect the data on the on the company that we're collecting from, and company name. Arguably, we could put different ones in there, but that's that's just what we have. And a lot of our contacts, we sent that email out to, uh, or th- this in an email out to a number of our existing contacts. And so then we have progressive fields. So if you've already filled out a form on our website and we've collected website URL and company name, then we have three queued fields that will swap out automatically once we know that information. The first one being my biggest marketing challenge is, and it's a drop down. And we're asking questions around, or the options are around lead generation, closing deals, content creation, hiring, customer satisfaction. And you just select which one it is. Another one is what's your job role and title? So CEO, SVP, stuff like that. I was going to say that one. Yeah. I'd love to know that. Yeah. And then I have a third one in there of just what's your primary marketing goal for the year. And that's a fill in the blank one. And so those will all be swapped out um, every time somebody hits that. So if if I've already collected information, the original information, when they come back and they go to this page, they're going to get asked different questions so that we can keep building out their contact profile. I love that. I had no idea. I'd go one step further where you can do it on all your forms. So if they are downloading different documents from you, you can have the same feature because it's at the form level, which is pretty cool. Too. Yeah. It pings the contact record to see if that, that content is known and then it will put the new new question in place. Yeah. So I want to switch gears to another example, a real world uh, example Please, we did for- let's switch. Yeah. So for a client um, that, that wasn't getting any, it was not for a site that we built, but they weren't getting any conversions on their demo page. 
And so they asked us to take a look at it. So we did. And we spent like, you know, 20 minutes looking at it. And we found that on the demo page, what they, what they were doing was basically asking like, if you are blank, blank, and blank, like if you are a C-level executive in one of these industries who struggles with these problems and like, and qual- it's basically like asking that person to qualify themselves before filling out the form. Cause they were oh, like, man, yeah. they were like, well, we don't want like unqualified people like reaching out to our sales team that we don't know that it's who we want to go after. And I was like, first of all, that's right now you're at zero. Me. So like, let's no. yeah. second, second of all, like that's, that's, this not going to work and people are going to bounce. And they were obviously, they weren't filling it out. So like we flipped it around and said like, in in a tw- fifteen minute demo, we will help you do X, Y, and Z, and like and pave the way for success or whatever. We, we worded it nicely, um, and totally flipped it around. It's like what we're doing for you instead of like only do this if you're worth our time to fill this out. And um, I think yeah. we saw like five or six conversions the first weeks performing way oh, yeah. better. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's kind of one of those people. Again, people are kind of thinking like they're thinking <laughs> they're they're putting themselves first instead of the client or instead of their good work. Um, yeah, instead of their audience. Um, do you think that's part of like a, it's kind of like an interesting issue to me of people who just like maybe are afraid to shift into like a different model of engaging their current audience. Right. So when people are on these forums and they're, so they were worried about sending them to sales. I'm I'm sorry if I'm, they just worried that people were going to fill out the form and their sales team was going to waste time talking to people who they shouldn't be. Yeah. Unqualified. And and that's just crazy to me because even in return they were not letting anybody. Were, yeah, if they were interested enough to be on that page, they would at least convert and be in your system and be a contact. Right. To, you know, maybe a couple you know years even from now they might be interested and mm-hmm. you have them in your contact database at least. Right. It was it was it was a teaching moment for them for sure because their their demo page was like Fort Knox like <laughs> it's like no one was getting in. <laughs> I can tell that that was probably a marketer or a CEO that made that decision too because any salesperson you ask like they would much rather spend their day w- with 50 phone calls to get one good contact out of that than to have no leads maybe one contact right. show up like of course all day long. Yeah, put me on the phone. I'll be on the phone all day with people that you know, you're actually not the best fit, but maybe down the road or I can like exactly. put you in the right mindset or something to think about us. The salespeople so, are always going to choose to have quantity. Of course. So I want to throw another idea out there. And Larry, I'm, if I'm jumping ahead of your questions. No, you are, you are being a hero right now. Okay. So <laughs> what, um, just going down the conversion off the, what do we call Conversion optimization. Conversion rate optimization. Conversion rate optimization. CRO. Um, jumping down that checklist. One thing that we love too is, is uh, pop-up forms. So like if people like if you're if, great call. Yeah, yeah. So if people are, elite, are reading your page and they and they want to bounce or whatever, like I love using the exit intent ones. Caveat exit intent. Thank you. Exit intent. Yep. Um, and it's, I mean, we like using fun language in that too. Like, hey, wait, before you go, swipe yeah, totally. our marketing template or swipe our conversion checklist or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and because it's like it's a really like very low gated. Like I would probably put just email address there yep. right yeah. like just very very low it's threshold it's already a hail mary let's not buy yeah. Oh, yeah. anymore yeah, yeah just before you tough. go check this out and they're like you know what that sounds pretty cool it's kind of interrupting their their experience before they leave the page um we've seen some pretty good success with that and like i think like one thing that's always good is to have like a playbook so like each of these pages should have relevant content so if they're looking at a page on um sao optimization don't have a pop-up box that says like, hey, check out our best blog topics of 2019. Mm-hmm. Like it's better right. than nothing, but like give them an SEO checklist yeah. and then have the blog topic pop up on the blog, you know. Yeah, serve up relevant content yeah. where it's due and make sure pages make sense with what you're offering. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. And I mean, you can start with one just so you have something. And then like over, you know, the course of a couple months, just building out a whole playbook for that. I think that's a great answer for like a, a way to increase your conversions. You know, I agree. It, it falls back to maybe our first answer of it's all about looking at the data, seeing what's working and kind of shaping mm-hmm. a bigger picture. But I think that's a great example that people might. Oh, we already have a, you know, a transitional offer. What do you mean we need a different one for each page? It's yeah. like. Well, it's a great way to hone in on different audience members who are interested <laughs> in your item. Obviously, right. you got to start small. Like j- just the fact that you have one on your website's huge. Yeah, c- congrats. Great. So like, far better than what a lot of people are doing. So, John, let me ask you a question. What a lot of our clients say to that they're kind of like they get nervous about pop up forms. They th- oh, it kind of feels like spam. I don't want to annoy yeah. my audience. Like I don't. I don't think that really matches our brand. Pop up has what like you, such a negative connotation, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. What do, what do you say to that? I don't. I don't really believe in pop up forms except for exit intent, or um, usually in like a, a notification type. So like you have a big huge announcement, you need to have like a, a banner a drop at the down. top or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they can get really spammy and they can get really like in your face. Anything that impedes the user experience is probably not a good solution. I don't think that exit intent pop ups are a bad. Um, uh, option because the you like Larry said it's a hail mary like the users the already, already out yeah. yeah they're they're bouncing it's one last chance it's like it's like an abandoned cart coupon like <laughs> you is. left these three items here's twenty percent off go buy it today mm-hmm. it's the last chance um, it works well on our website we have a number of of conversions what, every what's day what's a good that. what what's our offer right now it's our it's marketing our marketing template, strategy right? guide yeah free template and then I think what Tim said like finding new content her blogs to match it. That's something I think we're we're doing a better job of now. We're we're yeah. starting to hold in on some food. of that. Yeah, I and mean, you can get. We do a pretty good job with clients. It's just us that we're trying to do more right. of. It. Yeah, you um, do you, you like you can do it really well if you build a campaign and you're using topic clusters and that campaign has a topic. You have an offer for that topic. It's fairly straightforward at that point. So any blog or pillar or anything like that, you should always promote that same kind of conversion, little lead gen tactic. So, John, should you only have like CTAs and conversion opportunities on like half your blogs? Why are you coming at me like that? Or maybe a quarter of them? How about all of this them? This seems all like a of bait. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say all of them. Of course. All right. I'm going to steer us into a tree. Let's talk about something different. Let's. Why a tree? Um, so, we've been talking about conversion rate for kind of a specific industry, I feel like. What about for e commerce? Ooh. Um, maybe like some. I think the pop-up CTA is something that still works. Um, mm-hmm. There's different tiers of conversions there, isn't there? So mm-hmm. um, you still might be wanted, wanting to do what we have done. You're still trying to do a transitional offer probably. You're trying to uh, get them in a workflow. You're trying to get mm-hmm. their contact information. You're trying to sell to them eventually, right? But I feel like most of our clients are selling something larger, like one big offer. So all of our marketing really involves a lot of touches and that get to that. Whereas a purchase in e-commerce world that I'm kind of thinking that where they buy right from the site might be a little different. Do you guys have yeah, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, maybe it's a bigger picture than just e-commerce because it might, it, yeah. it also plays in, uh, into other things, but a conversion in most e-commerce world is a customer. It's a conversion on buying a product. That's how 99% of e-commerce stores see a conversion is I have somebody who just put an item in a cart, went to the checkout, paid, and they became a customer. And that's the only conversion they'd count. Maybe. That's the conversion they'd yeah. count. Um, it is harder for e-commerce companies to get like top of funnel leads 
to get like, oh, download this checklist for buying my t-shirt. Like, no, like no one's going to do that. So it's harder <laughs> to do inbound marketing in that sense of like top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, buy a product. Um, because most of the time, especially for small dollar amounts, um, they're not interested in like going through a six month long sales cycle to buy a $15 shirt. Right. So um, it's harder to think of like leads in that situation. However, um, one thing that we have seen success with for our agency and our own model, and then that, that other clients are seeing too, is making small dollar amount transactions. Mm. And that conversion into a customer not being your primary product, but something to get their foot in the door that you're basically giving away for free or at cost to where it's not going to cost you anything other than maybe the shipping. Um, But it's enough because most of the time, if you can become a paying customer and then you go and try and sell them your big value product, um, it's it's far easier to sell to an existing customer than it is to buy and to acquire a new customer. Totally. And so being a repeat purchase versus being a first time purchase like you have a much, much higher chance of selling to somebody a high ticket uh, dollar item um, versus just something. If they like, already yeah. bought your, they've already you know, they're going to buy that jacket maybe if they already bought your socks. Exactly. Example. Yeah. And so they buy your socks and then they get your emails and then they're getting coupons and they're reading blogs that you wrote and they're really funny. And you do have these new, you know, high ticket items that are pretty awesome and Sure. You know, it's like, I like that company. Do you think that's that something brand. maybe, uh, and, and I just keep saying e-commerce, but I think everyone understands what I mean when I'm saying that, right? I'm talking about just like you strictly make small sales on your website, not necessarily like SaaS companies or, um, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all technically e-commerce. Online right? sales, yeah. online transactions. It's, it's so true because it's like p- playing at a human behavior too. <laughs> like if I'm looking for a new jacket, I might find one I love from Columbia. But if I already bought a hat from Patagonia and I'm on their, I'm on their email list, I know I'm going to get an email in the next month or two with like a 15% discount code. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait for that and sit on my – and wait for the email to come. Oh, here's my 15% discount code. I'm going to buy from Patagonia again. Sure. Yeah. Like it's just – that's just how they, – they expect certain things and I think people deliver on it usually. And we've done it – I mean, it's worked flawless. It's a great funnel for us. Uh, it's hard for people to want to hire a marketing agency because marketing agencies can be expensive. You don't. There's a million of us, so yeah. you don't know which one's the right one to go with. And so, trying to sell somebody on a big retainer is a big ask for a lot of companies. And so, if you can break down your services into smaller, bite-sizable like chunks that they can get without you know taking the whole farm, um, you have the opportunity to prove to them that you are worth the money and that you have um, a lot of value to give to them and they can build trust with you and decide if they want to go beyond that. And so I think it's, it's easy for a marketing agency to say that because we have all these different things we can give away and sell for a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. But I think other companies like our, our own clients even need to start thinking in that same model of, yeah, we sell this product for $20,000. We have an engineering client and you know, they're very high dollar transaction amount, but what can we give away that's $1,000 instead mm-hmm. to get people in the door to become a customer, to experience what it is to work with our company, and then to then upsell beyond that. So that's kind of fits into like that top of funnel premium content in the same way right. too. It's like a similar, similar thing. Yeah. And you always preach like it's not just like, it's not just something that 
is educational, right? It should be something usable, yeah, right? Usable, like, high so, value. Yeah. yeah. So like like a checklist and like an ebook and those things have their place and they can be helpful and people like those. But like if you're giving me a template for or a calculator mm-hmm. or something like that that I can use right now today to help my business, that's going to convert way higher than any checklist. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. <coughs> Hacking up a long Larry. Yeah, bless your I'm dying. soul. It's all right. It's so funny whenever I come back into the podcast. So, yeah. (laughs) Everything we said was perfect. Let's keep going. So, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, I kind of want to talk about like that third piece of the puzzle. You know what we should talk about? Oh, please. Let's talk through the third piece of the puzzle. Ah, fine. Okay. That's a good one. (laughs) Continue. So, to me, the third piece of the puzzle is conversion with uh, PPC campaigns, uh, pay-per-click. Oh, um, so let's just strictly talk like Google search for now. I think we've had an actual client where we saw the same issue a hundred times and it's people were clicking the ad. People were engaging with it, but then that bounce issue, they're gone right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you increase conversion rates on those? You already have the clicks, but why are they not converting? Why are they not giving that contact information? Why are they not buying from that person? So I would just say like the first thing is half the battle is getting the clicks. So if you're getting those clicks, um, that's a very good sign that like you, the ads are built well. However, obviously you're paying for things that aren't converting, which is not good. Yeah. Um, so like half that battle is, is the second half is making sure that you, you're capturing those leads at a good rate when they come to your site. And probably the number one reason that people aren't converting is the landing page doesn't match the ads. Right, like they, they're it. expecting yeah. something when they click on those ads, and they go to the landing page with something completely different. Yeah, or if they just they're like, wait, this isn't for me. This isn't what I was looking for. So it should be very, very clear what the, in the ads what they're going to get if they go to this page. And then again on the page, it's very clear if they convert what they're going to receive, what's in it for them. Yeah. So a big example that I have of this <laughs> is when uh, some ads. So if you're a big problem that we've seen, you know, clients come to us and they're already running their own PPC. And this is like one of the first things we can diagnose. And it's when they have the same landing page across like 10 different keywords on their ads. Yeah. So they're running ads on all these different keywords. And then it's the same page that's just a form and like the name of their company, like when they might have clicked, you know, free guide for starting my business. And then they get to a landing page that says, yeah download now and you're like wait what, what, what am i downloading i don't even know yeah, they're not tailoring the message like even even if it is the same offer like that that might be okay the same deliverable but you should have different landing pages that talk about it maybe in a different way that match the same ad so that the the message from the ad matches the landing page and a lot of times like the same deliverable is fine it just needs to like the verbiage has to be sure has to tell the story. Like if you're yeah, you could be targeting different buyers with different ads. So like mm-hmm. one client we have like retirement homes, and then the other person is, uh, you know, someone middle class families, and you're trying to target both those people with different ads, but then they're landing yeah. on the same landing page. So. Yeah, or first time home buyers, but the deliverable yeah. is like everything you need to know about remodeling your bathroom or something mm-hmm. like that. Like the the deliverable is still the same. But the messaging to get to that deliverable is different for the different audience, and it has to has to match all the way through the funnel. I think that's great advice too. Mm-hmm. That's only kind of give. So, oh, <laughs> you write this down, folks. John Aiken <laughs> dropping the knowledge bomb. Um, Tim was talking to us earlier, and I think maybe it's something to go out on. And I think it's the same thing as far as messaging, but it works on your homepage too. Of like, um, 
you, you were talking about a client we had uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, and the, and the homepage wasn't really converting. People were bouncing. Okay, we took a step back. Like, okay, why? Like, let's think about this. So my advice really is 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 to take a look. If your site's not converting, look at your homepage, especially the homepage hero, and look at it as someone who's never seen it before, which is pretty hard to it's do. It's hard to do, right? It's, you yeah. get so close to it. We get close to it. Our clients get close to it. It's, it's hard I'm to look at it. one word, like, what if we right. say impressive? Or yeah. Word or... Right. I mean, one word can yeah. throw everything off. And one yeah. word's missing. Like, somewhere along the way, like, you... We presented certain language for the site, and then in the two months of developing, designing, like someone removed that word along the way. Like, oh, let's, let's switch it up for something else. Yeah, sounds good. You don't think about it, and then you're like, wait a minute, that's that word is everything. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, try to look at it with fresh eyes, which is hard to do, but also show it to someone who's not seen it before, who doesn't necessarily know your industry. Maybe right? yeah, maybe like just, not even in the marketing realm, especially. Right. Just, yeah. Hey, would you take ten minutes? Look at this. Look at the website, and then tell me what is it you think I do? What is it you think my company does? Because a lot of times the answers are not going to be what you want them to be. You make certain assumptions about like about your own marketing, about your language, about your presentation with the, with the image and the CTAs that you think is going to telling a certain story, but it's not being received the other way. Yeah, um, the same There's way. There's usertesting.com is a website that you can do that with, which might be kind of fun uh, to play with sometime. You you have to buy. Uh, last I checked, you had to buy a subscription. You used to be able to buy it kind of like one off um, per order. But you can you, you literally would give someone a uh, a list of things that they're supposed to do, and they record themselves going through those as they look at like your website or mm. a product or a SaaS product or something. And it's just like a community who helps each other do that. Yeah, that's and neat. you could and yeah. it, it starts to give like perspectives. Like I want someone who's in their fifties oh. who uh, is considers themselves tech savvy. And so then you'd serve it to those people. They would take the bid, and you'd have five people buy like go through that. And then they would go through and say, oh, you know, re they read the script or go to the website you asked them to read the script and then they have to answer your questions. So we used to do this a lot actually with new clients and we would say, all right, go to this website, look at it for two seconds and then sh close the browser and then tell me what, what, what you learned or tell me what that company yeah, does. Yeah, I think that should be a mandatory thing yeah. on like every new website. Yeah, totally. And just about every time like it's, they have no clue. <laughs> no idea because all these companies talk about like and then you start over <laughs> been in business for 35 years and like father son owned like who cares yeah that didn't who tell cares? me what problem you solved yeah yeah my oh. 85 year old grandma would <laughs> i just went so through happy. that with a client who who wanted to change the um the language i recommended for the hero to like three bullets about themselves and it was like um best customer service in the industry we've been around for x amount of years and like we deliver on our promises, something like that. And I told her like I could put that on any website any in the website. world. Yeah. <laughs> Every single company in the world makes these promises. Like yeah. you're not doing anything to distinguish yourself. You're not telling a story. You're not making anything. There's no what's in it for them. It's just you're talking about yourself, and you're not even doing a good job of it. No, it sucks. <laughs> so. Drag them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I held her hand nicely when I said that, but that's that's the message. Well, I, I mean, that's why we're here. Like that's what you do, you know. It's good stuff. That is good stuff, Larry. Well, guys, I'm right. very thrilled with all these nuggets that you dropped. I really appreciate you taking the time to do the podcast I, with I me today. I appreciate you. Thank you, guys. But not you. I'm joking, <laughs> Tim. I appreciate you, too. And very on that note, happy. thank you for watching oh. and listening. Good day. Good to day today. Under the canopy. Got a lot of stuff. Dropping the gloves.